I think that we are going to be live right about now. Very good. We are live on Facebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Self-Achievement Network. My name is Dominic, and I am here today with our next person behind the passion, Allie West. Hello, Allie. Hi, Dominic. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good. Very well. It's uh, going to rain today in Chicago and snow a lot. Oh, wow. Well, I can't complain about the rain in Atlanta then because I will accept the rain. I, I'll take that over snow. So stay warm <laughs> and dry and safe there. Yeah, well, it's actually, I'm on the west side of Chicago. So the snow is supposed to come to the south side of Chicago, which is where okay. I used to live. So now I'm on the west. I always tell people I used to live on the deep south side of Chicago because I okay. actually lived in, lived in Indiana. Uh, that deep. <laughs> that deep. Yeah. Indiana. So deep it was in another state. Yeah, the state of confusion, I call it. <laughs> so, but anyway, welcome everyone. Thank you all for joining, for watching, for listening. Uh, we're going to post uh, the, the links for the podcast to see hear it so you can hear it in the car so you don't have to drive. Um, this program is called Person Behind the Passion. Um, if you, for those of you who don't know what the Self-Achievement Network is, very simply, our purpose is threefold. Number one, to support people in discovering their passion. If they don't know what it is, I have a program called Life Plan that people can download to help them discover their passion. And also to share their passion, which is what Allie is going to do. She is an author. She wrote this book called A Dressed Up Mess. <laughs> I don't know a lot about it. I read a few you know, ex excerpts. And um, she's going to tell how the whole thing happened and the whole, yeah, she's going to unfold it for us. And then the third thing is to support people in evolving their passion. So the self achievement Network is a main group, this group right here. It's also uh, subgroups for people in specific genres, like for example, parenting or book writing or um, business development or art, things like that. They can then evolve their passion, monetize it. We've got a marketplace where people can list their items in there and then the members can, if they like the person's stuff, they can refer them and affiliate and make some money and everybody's happy. But they got to be legit, okay? Exactly. <laughs> I always tell people, you keep this connecting to this and everything works just fine. Absolutely. So, you're in Atlanta and you're doing the, the, the branding thing today, huh? Yes, I am. I have been here about a week now out of Germany, so I'm still adjusting even after this week to the six hour time difference. So I'm up at two, three, four in the morning. And then by this time of day, I'm already sleepy again, <laughs> but I'm making it work. So I'm having to now force myself to stay in bed and try to go back to sleep to at least seven or eight in the morning. Yeah. So well, I'm adjusting. You know that it's harder going back, right? Yes, I do know that. <laughs> Definitely. Yes. <laughs> Good Six luck. hours ahead. Yeah. Yeah. And before we start, I want to make mention that you were nominated by Miss Teresa. Yes. Yes, definitely. Teresa is absolutely awesome. Teresa Cummings, I met her uh, as a federal contractor. We worked on a contract together uh, in 2018. Uh -huh. And she was just 
like I said, I, when I filled out the paperwork, she just exemplifies, you know, that person behind the passion. She's so professional. She's genuine, just an overall great spirit. And we met during that time and kept in contact. And even though I have, you know, transitioned and moved across the pond, we still keep in contact. So I have not seen her since I've been in Atlanta yet, but I will see her uh, probably before this week is out. So she nominated me and I'm very grateful and gracious to be a part of this community and a part of this circle and am very thankful for that nomination. Absolutely. And thank you for accepting. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you've got a great story. We talked a little bit before. But yes. uh, we're going we're gonna to hear the story. And yeah, here's to Teresa. Thank you so much for the nomination. Absolutely. All good. So you wrote this book called A Dressed Up mess yes and you're I, for those of you who are watching you can see on the bottom of the the, the thing is that um is a scrolling whatever it's called so her passion is about turning messes into get this masterpieces absolutely <laughs> what, a, what a great tagline i love no matter that. where we are in our mess it can be transformed into a masterpiece but yeah. the key is doing the work right yeah Okay, so let's go. Let's. I want to. I want to get a bigger picture right now. Of, so, okay. so you 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 were working as a a trainer, right? Yes. So let me take you back a little further. Yeah. My background is early education. So I came into onto the scene out of undergrad and did about twenty plus years in early education. But I knew about twenty five seconds in that the classroom and and I were you know I could support children from a distance. Uh, <laughs> you know, this happens to a lot of people. They go to college, they don't know why. They get done and they're like, I don't, I don't like doing this anymore. Yes, I, I discovered that pretty early on that I said, let me go the administrative track. And so that's exactly what I did. I went into administration and then that piqued my interest into training. And then I, you know, watched the practitioners or the teachers work with children. And I was like, you know, they need additional support. So the children and the families need support, but the practitioners needed additional support. So then I got into training. I've got my master's in adult education and training. Wow. I became a state trainer for Georgia. And then just really an advocate for children and families by working through and for the people who care for them, supporting them and giving them the reason why. Why are we doing the work that we're doing? It's not just babysitting. It's not just, you know, I don't have anything else to do or I kept my cousin when I, when I was little. No, there is some science behind this. And so I got into the training and technical assistance piece of it through just wanting to help those teachers develop better skills and supporting children and families. Mm -hmm. So then that led to additional training opportunities. I started a company, Diverse Solutions Consulting and Training. I started doing, doing training individually, and that just really kind of sparked my interest in the field. So then uh, in 2017, I said, I want to do something different. I'm, I'm hanging up the, the, the shoes on this career. And I got I lived in Germany, believe it or not. I did the first quarter of 2018 in Germany as a federal contractor for the VA. And I was teaching our service members who were transitioning to civilian life about their benefits and how, mm -hmm. they, how they could get connected. So my next contract is where I met Teresa 
And that was also a, believe it or not, a federal contract talking about benefits. And we did training for the reps who are enrolling our federal employees and our service members in their benefits. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, who knew that, you know, a year later that I would be married and move to Germany. And that's that's how that story went. Wow. So the, the writing part started way before that. It took me seven years to finish the book. And it was way before that contracting life. It was, you know, in the midst of that early education life. And my life was chaotic and I just needed to heal. And that's what started that journey. Mm -hmm. So you wrote the book to heal. I did. My life was a mess. <laughs> you know, I mean, I did. I, I, it's, it's interesting that, you know, uh, I think that what you had told me before was very much common with a lot of people men and women yes so you know they they like one of the things that i learned a while back was about how we live in like this illusion in life and a lot of it has to do with covering Absolutely. up lots of things and i, I haven't read your book yet so it, it's interesting that you say that because when when like in my early years i, I had to look i had everything i had you know exactly. but underneath <laughs> Completely, totally messy. So, and that is my that was my life exactly. I was that's hence the title, a dressed up mess. So, uh, as far as I can remember back, I loved fashion. My mother always was very fashionable and chic, and she kept me looking pristine and and the clothes. So the clothes was the barrier. And so, even though everything else would go on, I could dress it up. I could dress it up. As I got older, I could put the makeup on, I could, you know, different hairstyles, you know, all these different things. And the internal chaos was just brewing on the inside, but mm -hmm. it looked good. And then I said, you know, go to school, get the degrees, you know, drive the, the Lexus or the BMW, you know, have the house and, and the kids and all this stuff. But the issues were like, we're still here. <laughs> so even though I looked really good on the outside and I did an excellent job of dressing it up, the issues were still there. And so I literally was in the midst of a breakdown. I was dealing with depression and I just couldn't figure a way out. At that time, I didn't think that I wanted to let anyone in and know, so I didn't seek professional help. And then I just started writing. One day I was just at point break and I was like, if I don't get this out, I'm gonna die. Cause it was just chaos. And yeah. I started writing and it took seven years off and on. Wow. The story that I started when I started writing isn't the book that, that ended up being published because I had, I got to the, how I got to be the mess. Mm -hmm. And so the book that I published in November is that, like, how did I even get back to this point? I was in a situation in a really ugly relationship where I had left Atlanta moved to Arizona following who I thought was the love of my life because I had known him all my life and we finally had an opportunity to get together. And as soon as I got to Arizona, it wasn't even a weekend. He consistently reminded me how he, how it was an effort. I, I don't, I'm going to use bad language on here and how he hated me <laughs> and he hated my dark skin and he hated my kids and he terrorized me, you know, emotionally. Yeah. And I finally had to, break free from that relationship and breaking free meant going back home literally to live with my parents, you know, and a place I vowed I'd never go back to, but I had to, to 
to survive. Yep. yep. That's my journey. The book is the journey through that and the healing process through that. Mm-hmm. So you literally wrote yourself out of the box. I did. <laughs> I had to. I was like, kind of a self-healing, it sounds like. I mean, it was. It was a healing <laughs> journey. And, and some of those issues I didn't want to deal with. So hence, it took so long to write because I would, as I would write, I would tap into these other issues. And I'm going, where did that come from? And I started to actually learn a lot about myself and how I made decisions and how I responded and how I showed up in the world. And some days that got really rough. And then I would curse because I do curse. I would curse and be like, F this. I'm not writing this book. I'm a person too. Yeah. It gets the point. It's a fun curse. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's just colorful language. I would be like, F this. I'm not doing it anymore. I can't face this. And, And because it was uncovering a lot of stuff, even childhood issues, it was starting to unpack and uncover it. And some of that stuff would be too deep. And then I just set the book down. And I kid you not, because when I started writing, I was putting these excerpts on Facebook. And out of the blue, I would stop writing for, you know, six months, a year. Someone, sometimes even strangers would be like, this may sound strange, but I saw a post on a friend's page that it looked like it was an excerpt from your book. Can I purchase your book? And I'm going, what book i don't know what you're talking about right so it would be reminders yeah to finish and and even funny story is in 2017 i really thought i was on the verge of finishing and people started pre-buying the book and and you know i was pre-selling and then i was in big trouble because they were looking for the book and i would say just take your money back i don't know when i'm gonna finish this book and they wouldn't do it honestly the people who bought None of them received their money back. They said, just finish the book. And I'm going, they believe in me like this? What is that about? Biggest support right there. Yeah. And so when I finally finished the book and had it edited, uh, the average novel was 20,000 words. I handed the editor 79,596 words. So four books. The next three books are already written. And I wasn't finished. Yeah. I was, I had issues. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that's a lot of issues right there. It, it was, but I had to <laughs> unpack them. So I was like my own therapist through this process. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so in 2017, even before I knew it was that many, I said, it'll be four bucks. Dressed up mess, still a mess, because sometimes we discover that we're a mess and we don't want to deal with certain parts of our life that are a mess. So we just overlook those and keep dressing it up and covering it up yep. and then address the mess because we have to get to a point where we decide to address our mess and then mess to message. That's what I thought the series would be. But then when I handed her four books in one, I was going, ah, I haven't mm-hmm. even got to my still a mess. What am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. So that part is still being worked out as far as the titles of the upcoming books. But Overall, it is that turning your mess into a masterpiece because I feel like it's not linear, like, okay, now you're better and and here's where you are. It's circular because you can have a lot of things in your life in good standing, but there still can be some areas that are a little messy. Mm -hmm. And so right in this moment, I feel that here's my light. I get to talk to you. I get to have these interviews. I get to share my passion about people healing and, and fixing these broken pieces and making them, you know, that shattered glass mosaics. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in my masterpiece phase. Now you can easily slip back to a, a dressed up mess, <laughs> you know, a curveball. Sure. I've developed some strategies to help alleviate or condense the uh, opportunity for that happening. So I feel that I'm walking in my masterpiece now. Mm-hmm. That's great. Congratulations. 
Thank you. I, I, I just, I, I have a question about like, okay, so it took you seven years. Yes. So for you who are watching, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 61. Okay. And I'm I, 48 and 11 twelfths. <laughs> I'll 11, be 49 12. on March 9th. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, we can all, at this age, we can look back and say, man, I wasted a lot of years on stuff that I wish I would have been able to figure out before I wasted all that time because, you know, YOLO, right? Right, then, right. Um, you know, life is short and all that stuff. But when we're younger, we don't really get it. Exactly. This is, this is why the Self-Achievement Network exists because I... I I created a program called Life Plan. It's a downloadable course to help people to climb the right ladder the first time, you know, and, exactly. and to save them this, this, you know, wasted life, this time. Not everybody has that, but we can now look at it. And I just want to say thank you so much for telling the truth about who you are. You're welcome. It was a it's healing needed. journey. That's the feedback that I get when I when people read the book. They, I get a lot of messages and people saying, thank you for being so transparent, because it's not the book for the, you know, the choir students. <laughs> it is a very real, raw, raw language of those experiences that I was dealing with at that time. Mm -hmm. And I felt that the transparency was necessary because. Again, if you look at me, like I was a mess, but by looking at me, you would have never knew that. You wouldn't know that I was dealing with all those issues underlying. But in order to unpack that and to be able to tap into people, you know, you're the real person, you have to be real and transparent. And so even when, you know, I had a couple of test readers and they were like, you, you really going to say that? Are you going to tell that part? And I'm going... It's you know, yes, I am. I'm going to mm -hmm. tell that part. Mm -hmm. But it makes it more of a relatable experience because it allows people that your mess may not be my mess and theirs may not be my mess, but at some point in time, we've been a mess if we're honest. But it allows people to, you don't have to write a book about it and put it out for the world, but it allows you the opportunity to look at your internal chaos, look at your ugly truths and say, no matter where you are, even in those wasted years, when we think about it, wherever you are today, if you do the work, you can change your life. I did. I was begging creator to die. I was yeah. depressed. I was rolling around in the closet crying and begging to die. And then today I'm like, I, you know, I need at least another 50, 60 years out of this. You know, <laughs> and I'm going, I got stuff to do. So exactly. the transformation, I'm speaking from my experience. And, and I felt that if I've gone through this, I can't be the only one. And how do you get people to be honest in that? Like your life plan. You're like, look at your life and, and you know, set some, some, some goals and some, you know, look to the highest and greatest self. And that's what I started doing. I had to get it together because I was a parent and I was screwing up as a parent. I was making decisions that I thought was best for my children. And, you know, I see the impact of those decisions even now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have to rebuild those relationships with my children because of those decisions that I made, because it was what I was equipped with. I thought I was doing the better thing, but I wasn't. I was screwing them up. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to be able to say I messed up, I messed up as a parent, you know, that's big. People don't ever want that right. truth to come out. You know, I'm the perfect parent. Everything is good in our house. That's 
not my story. Mm -hmm. I can relate. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so first of all, so okay. the book is, is up for sale. And it is. can we put the, the one well, more done, put the link for it so that people oh, can go? absolutely. I would love for you to do that. Okay, we'll do that for sure. And so now, what you're where you're currently at, you're at the office you're doing the branding thing. You're you're also doing a, a book tour. I was when I saw yes. that. Whoa, there's like all these dates. Cool. Uh, yes, yes. So, so uh, that is where I am. I woke up one day like this is a whole new experience to me. I know that you are an established author, but this is my first book that I finished. I love to write. I've enjoyed writing over the years, but never finished the product. So for me, the initial gain was you completion. I actually went through with this and I completed it. And then first day on the sales, I sold in four countries. I sold in Germany, USA, Canada, and Jamaica. And this is all self-published. It was word of mouth. It was people saying, and then I woke up one day and said, I'm going to do a book tour and, and I'll do it in my 49th chapter, 49 chapters in March. And I said, I'm going to go to the U.S. and, and hit Initially, the cities that have the greatest impact for me, I'll expand eventually, but I chose Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's my hometown. And I chose Atlanta, Georgia, because I spent the greater of my adulthood, 23 years off and on in Atlanta, and then Dallas, Texas. I lived there shortly, but everybody from uh, that migrates from Oklahoma, majority of them go to Dallas, Texas. So I have a lot of uh, friends and, and impact in Dallas. So I'm sitting in a nail shop in Germany one day. The book hadn't been released yet. Talking to, just running my mouth to, you know, uh, one of the patrons because that's what I do. I don't meet strangers. And she said, have you thought about doing a book signing here in Germany? I'm like, no, I don't even know where to begin. And so she gave me some resources and some information. So I'm literally coming off the initial inaugural book signing in Germany. I did that this past weekend on Pat, the, uh, not this past weekend, on the 15th and 16th of February, I did it at the Ramstein Air Base. It's the largest exchange or mall in uh, in the world. Cool. I did that, and I didn't know what to expect, and it was a great turnout. I've been received well in Germany, not only by the U.S. citizens in Germany, but citizens from all over the world. My book has made it to Nigeria. I have people from Romania and Poland and Italy and England that are purchasing my book. Uh, I'm actually looking into monitoring how the impact will be for Germany and getting it translated in German and also in Spanish. Yeah. So I, <laughs> so I said, you know, for my birthday, I start Atlanta, March 14th in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and March 21st in Dallas, Texas, and I'm headed back to Germany on March 31st, and then I'll start doing some additional locations there. Mm -hmm. Wow. So Good it's luck. rolling really fast. That's awesome. Keep going. Bring us back to your childhood. So, I mean, the, okay. the person behind the fashion, you grew up in Tulsa. Yes. Okay. I grew up was in Tulsa. Like? Okay, so this is funny because most people that I meet and the, their take on Oklahoma, they're, they're, they look really sad when they talk about it. <laughs> they go, and then we were stationed in Oklahoma. <laughs> and I'm going, I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> and so people say it's a good place to be from. And I'm going, really? So I get it. I get it. Um, Oklahoma, central, you know, good old Bible Belt. Yep. It's in that central part of the U.S. It's that Southwest. We're just right on the cusp of everything, but not a lot of people look at us as a big metro, you know, metropolitan area. 
So it is a lot of people that want to get out. And I was definitely one of those. I knew from junior high that I wanted to move somewhere else. But no matter where I go in the world, I've been to probably 15 countries. And everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, y'all. You know, I represent. And you say Tulsa. it with pride. I do. Uh, Tulsa, growing up in Tulsa, what's the most interesting thing that I found out as an adult, and this is a serious point here, is a lot of the history that happened in Tulsa, we were never taught in school. And I was embarrassed when I moved to Atlanta in, 2000, in 1996. I was talking with the speech therapist who worked with the Head Start program. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're from Tulsa, right? And I'm proudly, yes. And she goes, do you know about Black Wall Street? I'm like, no, <laughs> what is that? So here I am, Never born heard. and raised. That history was kept quiet. And so you you saw the great divide where you knew when you crossed over into certain areas of town because it was very segregated. And even though I went to a I went to Booker T. Washington High School in class of uh, 1989, our school was a magnet school and kids from all over the city who you know had great grades mm -hmm. went there. But mm -hmm. it was very segregated in other parts. You knew on the north side was predominantly black. You know, South South was predominantly white. There was a little bit of mixing, but not much of that. So I grew up even in the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s in a very eclectic place that sometimes feels like it's 50 years behind, you know, what else is going on in the world and a lot of secrets kept. Mm -hmm. So those things are starting to be exposed now. Uh you know, I will, like I said, I never deny from being home. I'm, I'm from Tulsa, born and raised. It's just that it's still a very interesting place to be from. Like right now, as we're speaking, they have committees who are now looking into, they always say the race riot, but it was a massacre. It wasn't a riot. There, people are looking into that now. They lied about the amount of bodies that, you know, the amount of people who died. And so now they're actually finally yeah. starting that healing process. You know, they're, they're addressing their mess. Finally, yeah, sounds like 2020, and so Tulsa was just you know I was I played sports. Okay, I played I basketball. About to say, tell us about yes. uh, teenage Allison. What were you? Teenage like, Allison. Sports? You were rowdy. You were crazy. You gave your parents premature gray hair. I mean, what? I didn't. I actually. You know what's so funny is I was actually a really good kid. Like I didn't. I didn't hang out. My friends teased me because I didn't go skating. I didn't hang out at the local parks. They always mess with me. They're like. Well, we did this. Um, I was kind of just figuring out my way. I'm a baby of combined 10 kids. And when you're in that situation, you just got to figure out who the hell you are in the world. So I, and it was weird because I was my parents, I'm my parents' only child together and I'm the baby. So I had this weird dynamic growing up in terms of siblings. So my dad suggested in middle school that I play basketball. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm interested in, but I was daddy's girl, so I, I appeased him. In Oklahoma, we played six-on-six six basketball. Mm -hmm. When I started, I was awful. I'm talking about the absolute worst, terrible player in the world. Like, I tell people when we laugh about this, I said, when the coach needed someone to go in, he looked down the bench, and he looked to the other team and wanted to borrow their players before he put me in. I was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I was growing up, I was like, is there is there a magnet inside this ball? Because it always the rim yes, yes. and then we played six on six so i was the one who would 
be on defense and we'd have to stop at the middle of the court and falling over and then you have to turn the ball over if you fall over. And then I would shoot baskets into the other team's bag <laughs> to their goal. And then finally something clicked and said, if you're going to do this, you got to be the best because I was really competitive. And then I actually ended up being a really good player. Um, my ninth grade year, I moved to a small town called Duncan, Oklahoma. Uh, I, I was very headstrong kid. I was mad at my mom about something, so I moved out. My dad worked in Alaska in the pipeline. I just told him I was leaving, and he couldn't wow. do anything about it. He was in Alaska. And uh, I I was a trip. I was just very headstrong. I, I disenrolled myself from school, and my what? cousin and I came out with this plan, and I went to move to Duncan, Oklahoma, which is a teeny, tiny, small town. Uh, and so I didn't play my freshman year and then I moved back to Tulsa my sophomore year and I started and I started varsity ball from, from the sophomore year on. Uh I actually got a lot of letters from a lot of schools that I didn't want to play. So I would hide the letters. And because my dad was in Alaska on a six week rotation home, three weeks, I could hide the letters. And so I would hide the letters. I was getting letters from schools like the university of Nebraska, university of Kansas. Like now I'm thinking, my, you were dumb, but then I didn't want to play because right. I didn't have school ride scholarships. So I can remember, you know, my dad would ask, did anybody contact you? You're not getting any letters. And I'm like, no, I was just lying through my front teeth. Oh my and then gosh. he was home and he found, he got this letter from this little bitty podunk school in Tishomingo, Oklahoma called Murray State. Tishomingo? Tishomingo. Mingo. Oh, my God. Tishomingo. T-I-S-H-O-M-I-N-G-O. Tishomingo. And sight unseen, my dad was like, that's where you're going. The coach came and signed me. Up. I had never been there. And the first time I entered that campus was when I was going to get dropped off at school. I had a car, so we were driving down, and I was going to school, and this town had one stoplight. I was like, what the hell? What <laughs> I'm thinking... Your karma's catching up to you now. Yes, I was like, uh-huh. I wanted to go back through the trash can and find those letters from Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I played ball. I was in the junior college. I played basketball. And I actually was really good. And then again, when I I just was like, I'm, I don't want to do this. This is your dream. You're living vicariously through me, so I quit. Mm. And that was the dumbest decision. You know, now the student loans 150 years later. I'm going, damn, I should have kept playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like you're tall. I, I, I've never seen you in person. But I are, know. are you Without tall? Heels, I'm 5'9", but I love a good pair of heels. I think these are like three and a half, four inches. So I'm usually over six feet tall. Okay. Yeah, but 5'9", standing flat foot with no heels on. I've always had girlfriends and wives that were short. I don't know, really? But when I always go to the, a wedding, my sister's 5'11", and we were always dancing together because we were the same, you know, height. Oh, cool. Cool. <laughs> but yes, I'm, and my daughter and my son are both taller than me. My daughter, Flatfoot, is 5'11 uh, and a half. Oh, wow. Yes. That's tall. She is, you, you have a son and a daughter? Yes. My daughter is 26. Okay. And my son's 19. They're seven years apart. Wow. So, yes, those are my contributions to society. <laughs> yes, they're and younger than right. Yes, bet and they are. still live here in Atlanta, so I was glad to be able to see them. I haven't been, I, I've been away from the States about eight months, and so it was good to get here and be able yeah. to see them. Absolutely. Definitely. Wow. Woo, okay, well, you can uh, cook them a home-cooked meal. 
Uh-uh. They, she, nope. they can cook. <laughs> they can cook. <laughs> Listen, okay. I'm glad you said that. I have to share this story from childhood. So my dad was a chef for Nano Oilfield Services on the pipeline, and that's how he ended up in Alaska. Okay. And so my parents tell me this story. I promise you, I do not remember this, but my whole family, you know, signs off that I told them at a very young age, I'm not a kitchen person. And they said I stuck to it. And so it's so funny because I can cook. I can cook very well. But my daughter would hang out with my dad all the time. And he'd teach her how to cook. And she is like, the, oh, my gosh, she can cook everything. And then my son, he picked it up as well. And I can cook, but they, they, they got it. Mm-hmm. And so, and now my husband, I just got married May 19th of last year, and he's a chef, so I'm good. <laughs> they can cook me a home cooked meal. I'm the one who came home. Okay, well, well, I will, I will uh, assign you the job of going to the supermarket. Yes, I'll go to the supermarket, <laughs> and I'll, I'll clean. I can, I'll clean like crazy, but I don't, you know, if I don't have to cook, I won't. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so where's your your happy place when you're like, when you turn it off at the end of the day or whatever, or you decide you need to take some time off, where do you go? Do you go to the beach? Do you go to the mountains? Do you go to the forest? Or you just sit on the couch with a book? Okay. So I love to travel. And so okay. I'm very blessed and grateful for the experience of that contract because that's how I met my husband. Okay. And when I went to Germany on the contract, I was exploring all of Europe and get, getting out. And so I'm outdoors, the mountains. I love a good beach. But my favorite place, like my entire happy place, if I could live in a castle, I would totally live in a castle. A so castle? Germany in a castle. So Germany, has, Germany has 25,000 castles. I thought I was doing something. Top what? 25,000 castles. castles. Over. They have the most castles in the world. Ooh. And so when I went to Germany, I would go to like, so some of them are still intact and they're like maybe like historical markers or they're running business out of them or been transferred to a hotel or a resort. Some of them are castle ruins, but they're like, they were built centuries ago and they're still, they're still here. And like, you can, like now I'm looking out the window and you can look out the window and it's very well possible that you're looking at a castle. So my happy place, is I go to, I go castle hunting in in Germany and I, I've been to probably I've been to Italy London Paris France Luxembourg you know I've been all over but my favorite place to go is a castle and so the town that I currently live in when I come out of my front porch and look to the left I see the largest castle ruin in Germany Wow yes now, and I go sure? there. You may be the evil queen in a previous life. From, uh, <laughs> no, the princess. That, princess. That, what's, the, what's that show called? Uh, Once Upon a Time? Oh, yes. I heard The evil show. queen in the castle, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the castle is my happy place, but I love a good beach, too. Yeah. And so those are, I love to travel. So I'm, I do get out and travel a lot. I do mm-hmm. do that. And I'm very grateful to have that experience. Even when I was in the U.S., I, I traveled a lot. I love to be on the go. Everybody knows that my one of my things is keep it moving. I keep it moving. I keep it pushing, and I keep it moving because I like to go. And it should be outdoor, you indoor. You've got stuff to do. I do. I, look, I got I messes that. to make masterpieces out of. <laughs> there you go. So what impact do you feel like, you know, so you wrote the book. You had the completion. Now you have the story. It's there in writing. What impact do you feel that the book can make in the lives of people? Okay. I, I'm glad you asked that question. That's a great question. 
the impact that I feel that it makes, it gives people hope. It gives them permission to look at their mess and, and be able to work through because I was dealing with some stuff. This isn't like no little patty cake stuff. I was dealing with some real life issues and I have the feedback that I'm getting is phenomenal. Sometimes I, I'm a big wuss. I, you know, I come off like, oh, it's all together. and Let's just strong forward ahead, but I'm a big wuss. I cry all the time. And so there's often days where I can wake up and some days I'm like, is this worth it? Is this making the impact? Why did I do that? Why did I put my whole life out there like that? And I'll wake up to a message, a text, an inbox, some post on Facebook. Someone's tagged me in their post and they're thanking me for telling my story and being transparent. People thank me for being brave enough to do it. And I have people saying, I see myself in this. It's a very relatable story because there's so many different things going on. And people are telling me, I see myself in your story. I've had that relationship or I've dealt with that interpersonal you know, mm -hmm. situation with my kids or my family, or I've had that relationship with my mother. And one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting to start to come out because, you know, there is a, without giving all the book away, I was in a, a relationship, that difficult relationship. And so people are now starting to hashtag the person's name that, that, that my Austin was there Terrence or their John or their Cedric and people mm -hmm. are sending and these are like they're not connected people are just doing that and so it's giving women one just that hope that wherever I am I can change this but it's also I've getting feedback from men because just as many men are buying the book as women and they're going am I that guy have I ever been that person it's making men check themselves yeah. and they're going you know I've been a mess or I've dealt with some of this stuff so the feedback is that it gives people hope I've had people to say, I've been one to tell my story and I was ashamed and I didn't know where to start, but because of you, I can tell my story. Mm -hmm. And receiving that impact, because at the time I just needed to heal. I didn't know that it would have this impact. I cry a lot because people are actually reading it. I've had at least five people say that this is the first, one person actually says the first book she's ever written. She's from Romania and I met her in Germany and she said she's never read, read a book. Mine was the first one and she finished it in two days. Wow. And and then I've had people to say in adulthood, I've never read, read a book, but I read yours. The, the fastest one person read it was in two hours. It's usually about a two and a half hour. Read if you just think it was about two hours and then everyone is going, where's the rest? Because it's the first in a series and they're going, how could you do this like that? Like I get sideways, nice kind of threats like really you just left us hanging like that where's the next book <laughs> so i do get we that someone it. said i'm mad at you i said why what i do she said i went to turn the page and there were no more pages to turn where's the rest so <laughs> well, that's a good thing. yeah that's great yeah. and i think that i mean i like i said i haven't read it yet and it sounds like it gives people the opportunity to raise their game i mean it's like they, exactly you know Otherwise, you know, this kind of stuff could happen. So, but yeah, that's cool. Exactly. So, so gonna, the... when you, uh, when we're done, inbox me your address and I'll send you a copy. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Very good. Definitely. Okay. And so, uh, all the autographing got... and everything. All right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. So, that's what we do. With all the stuff going on, and promotion and all this stuff. And I know, you know, there's a lot of people now that have written lots of books. What's, what are some of the challenging things that, that are happening or that, that you're going through? And um, where do you see yourself 
in let's say i mean a year where's like the, the vision of where you want to take it is okay. it all book sales is it that you want to make a movie out of this thing i mean what what's the, the okay vision? so are you reading my mind have you been in my notes <laughs> so uh the vision is so it's not all books so i i believe that the book is the catapult to the bigger picture and that bigger picture is this it's really just that that self-achievement network mentality that person behind the passion how can we help people heal that is where I'm here, like seriously turn your mess into a masterpiece and not just through the book, but really real life practical ways and how to do this. Mm -hmm. So future for Alley West, uh, there are definitely more books. We're going and in April, we're going into editing for the second book to be released between June and September of 2020, oh. because I already have the next three written and I'm already starting on some other projects. Uh, I have actually paid for a coaching certification that I haven't started. So it's just kind of sitting there waiting. And that is part of that is really helping people to be the best version of them and starting where they are. And it doesn't matter where you are. I'll work with anyone from any walk of life mm -hmm. into helping them to develop who they are supposed to be. Who are you supposed to show up in this world? And then future more than a year. So book uh, into movie or miniseries or series that has definitely crossed my mind so it's really about getting the book into the right hands so that they can read it and see that vision and passion behind it that's part of why i'm doing my brand day today here in atlanta is i needed help with branding and marketing like i have a word of mouth you see i don't you know i talk a lot and so i can work a mouthpiece but how do i expand how do i get grow my network yeah so that is definitely the immediate part and then the you know future alley this is the part uh, the dressed up mess is really honestly a play on words because I used to have a clothing boutique. And so future is clothing line, but that's probably about three to four years out. Mm -hmm. wow. And so there's a lot of entities in here and this is just the springboard for, but all moving towards helping people to make their mess a masterpiece through doing the work. Amazing. And you'll do it. I mean, obviously, I mean, guys, can you just see the passion coming out of every pore of her body? Like, <laughs> no, right? It's, I mean, it's so inspiring, really. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. So, uh, you know, we're here. I'm here to support you. You have to promise you. me that you'll come back. How long before the next book about? Um, we are looking at between June to September. We're, I think it can be done in June because it took so long to do this one. I had to walk and learn all the aspects of writing a book and getting it published, et cetera. So it won't be as long. It won't be seven years, but I, we're looking at giving ourselves a leeway of about three months, a 90 day leeway. So our first target is June one. And then the absolute last date would be September 30th. So June to uh, September timeframe for the next book. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, Definitely. awesome. Very good. So you have to promise that you're going to come back and give us talk about what's happening, what's been happening, and all that. And uh, yeah. I definitely just appreciate you and the work that you're doing and the impact that you have. And I remember when I first saw, you know, Teresa being nominated as the person behind the passion, and I reached out to you. I was like, um, hi. <laughs> no, I was like. My name is Allie West. Not my wife and I live in Germany. A dressed up mess. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As you see, I'm not afraid to reach out and knock on some doors and talk to people 
but I see your vision and I see your work and you are just an amazing person. And I'm very privileged today to have this opportunity to, to spend this time with you. Thank and you. if there's anything that I can do to help move your mission further, it's done. Let's just talk. I'm a, I'm a phone okay. call or a text message or a Facebook, you know, away from that because I believe in the work that you're doing and you are changing lives. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate that. Let me let me give a fifteen second little plug because most okay. people don't know the the truth about what's happening with the network. So there's a marketplace. So ideally, what I would love to do is to take your your book, put it in the marketplace, and then let the members support you. They can purchase it and they can recommend it to other people, and then those people can purchase it. They can become an affiliate of the network. And they can earn a little bit of money to support them in doing what they want to do. So I love it. Supporting everybody to live their passion, right? I love we, it. We I need money to, to do that. that. Exactly. It's the same thing with Life Plan. Life Plan fits as a it's a two hundred dollar course, and yes. if you become a somebody becomes an affiliate in the network, and it's very simple to do, they refer that to someone, they receive forty percent of that sale. That's eighty dollars. Wow! Now they That's can take so that eighty dollars and put that towards getting their book finished, or exactly. building their passion, or whatever it may be. Right? Don't spend it on cable TV. No. Right. Exactly. Do your work. Do your work. Exactly. exactly. I love that idea. I would definitely be interested in moving the book to the marketplace and helping people uh, make money and 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 you know do the work. So. Absolutely. See, okay. this is a long-term relationship we're getting. Done deal. <laughs> exactly. Wonderful. Wow. Well, right. it's been 45 minutes. I'll let you get back to your branding. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming. I appreciate you, Dominic. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Absolutely. And, you know, if it wasn't for Teresa, well. I know. Isn't she awesome? I will Thank you. reach out she, to her. She was with her grandma uh, this week. I think she said she was with her grandma. Okay. Yes. She yeah. does spend a lot of time with her. So I'll reach out to her. And her birthday is also in March. Uh, her, her birthday party is the 14th, but I'll be in Tulsa. And I'm like, I'll have to see you before and after. I'll, I'll, be, back. I'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> so I'll see her before her birthday party because I won't be here. I'd already planned the date and already had solidified the location before I knew she was doing her party. But I'll see her before then. Awesome. Very good. But thank you. And then if you'll tell me later on how to get the links or what to do to get it in, in our conversation, I'll make sure people will have a way of getting the book. And then we will definitely talk again about the marketplace. That's something okay. I'm certainly interested in. Cool. Very all good. Right. Thank you so all much. Right. Have a wonderful day, everyone. From all of us here in the Self Achievement Network, remember to have fun and stay inspired. Keep this connected to this, and everything will be fine. Bye. Thank Bye, you so Allie. much. Have Take care. Day. See you soon. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye.